The Pickleball Show is brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news, and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free. This is Prem Carno, author of Smart Pickleball, and here's the host of the Pickleball Show, Chris Allen. Thank you, Prem, and welcome to the show dedicated to helping you play better pickleball while having even more fun and meeting new friends who share your passion for this great sport. I'm your host, Chris Allen. Speaking of Prem Carno, author of Smart Pickleball. Have you downloaded your copy of the top 10 tips from Pickleball's three greatest coaches? That's Prem Carno, Coach Mo, Deb Harrison, all together on one quick study guide. You can get your copy for free. It's a big help if you do, boy, just uh, half of the, the 10 tips that are in there. You're going to be a much better player and take your game to the next level. It's yours free. Go over to freepbxclub.com. That's free pbxclub.com and get your copy of the top 10 tips from Pickleball's three greatest coaches, Coach Mo, Deb Harrison, Prem Carno. And thank you again to those folks for joining us on the Pickleball Show. They gave us lots of good information, lots of good nuggets of wisdom. And we've got some more folks with uh, good information joining us today. They're both USAPA ambassadors, and I'd like to welcome them back to the show. From Portland, Maine, it's Linda Einsiedler, and Portland, Oregon, it's Mike Hoxie. Hi, Chris. How are you doing, Chris? Doing great today. Hope you guys are. Absolutely. Now, one thing that we wanted to cover today, uh, looking at uh, the, the USAPA and their system for rating players, because there is some confusion, especially when the tournament scene heats up and people, you know, they it's like, am I playing below my category? Am I playing up above? Should I be, uh, am, am I a three? Am I a four? It's a lot of times people, they'll, people will say, oh, you're a four. And only because they consider themselves a 4.0 and they, and they figure, well, if that person just beat me, then they must be a 4.02. Right. Yep. But uh, but when you're really not, and um, and also I guess there there is some confusion regarding the rating system and when to make the jump from one to the other. Linda, what have you found uh, regarding the rating system? Well, you know I I've been on the scene for about a year and a half, and I've been ambassador now. I'm district ambassador, and I've been really pushing to get going on ratings here up in Portland. But there's some hesitation about it. People feel that you're going to hurt people's feelings. How are you going to do it? They're kind of stepping around it. And I'm big into let's look at the rubric. Let's use it as a tool. Because if you know you're a 3-0, for example, you know where you stand, you know where you can sign up on tournaments. You also know, okay, to get from a 3-0 to a 3-5, you have to do this, this, and this, and this. So I think it's a great tool for self-improvement plus 
putting you in groups that are at, at your same skill level, which is part of, um, which is another issue that comes up as we grow more in the Portland, Maine area. So I've been digging out my uh, IFP rubric and I've been sitting there at the venues just rating people. And I find that people are open to it. The people that see me do it, they want to know what their rating is. And I, I say, well, I've got you as this, and I think you need help with this in this area, and they seem very open to it. I haven't seen the negative response that we were worried about, in other words. But I wanted to hear from you all who are more experienced at doing ratings, what your experience has been. Yeah, Mike, what have you found? Well, Linda, you hit on a very, very important point there. The skill players want to play with their similar skills. Part of our Wilsonville community that has their new dedicated courts surveyed the group in that part of town, and they were very strongly in agreement that they wanted to play with like skills. So I was really glad to see through the ambassador forum, the skills assessment sheets that recently came out. Yep. It helped really kind of clear up who's a 3-5 and who's a 4-0. Are you still at a 3-0 level? It really did help clear that up a little bit. I'm really looking forward to seeing where we go from here because for the last four years, it is desperately needed to be updated. And we've had some club members from our Columbia River Pickleball Club actively reaching out with suggestions or ideas on how can we improve the rating system because right now it truly relies upon tournament directors working with one another to talk about is this person correct? Do you see anything wrong with these seatings? And yes, some people do slip through, but I am honestly one of those vocal people that step up and say, congratulations on your last 4.0 medal. You'll be going up to 4.5 next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you ever find people that, that want to stay at a lower category uh, just because they are winning? I do. And I also see it with some of the people who used to win in their skill category. But as time passes on and we all age a little, I've seen people wonder, well, when do I ask for that medical exemption? When can I ask to slide back from a 4.5 to a 4.0 or from a 4.0 to a 3.5? And that's still a really fuzzy area of discussion up here in the Portland grade area because it's not clear enough about how many losses do you need to have with what size of a tournament before you can justifiably slide down because you aren't playing the same today as you did five or 10. Whoops, I think we lost you right at the end there, Mike. I think you were going to say five or 10 years ago. And one of the things that happens too, I think sometimes some people say that the rating system is is uh, too much weighted on luck or, or that, uh, you know, somebody could have a bad day like an, an opponent could be having a bad day and, and you know, you play against them in a tournament, you beat them, and uh, you automatically think, well, all right, great, I'm going to get that ratings boost now. And really, you shouldn't have uh, gotten the boost because, you know, the, the opponents were off, they were having a bad day. Do you feel like there's, there's a little bit too much luck involved in the rating system? I do. Paul Porch is a gentleman up here in the Northwest who comes from a ping pong and mathematics background. Mm -hmm. He talks a lot about how the statistics will really, really drive the direction of it. If you take the time to look at this one win in this one tournament is not what dictates your ranking. And it really does come down to just better pulling of the information and data to show this person is truly demonstrating these skills. And it can be reinforced with the rubric to show well, obviously, they're at this level with these wins against these sorts of players. And it was interesting talking with Paul because he talks about mixed skill rating is very different from men's or women's doubles ratings and how that component really should be discussed as well. 
I like that point. Yes, because a person can be a 4-0 in singles, but yet in uh, doubles, they're really playing at a 3-5 level because they can't play together with another partner as successfully. I, I hadn't thought of that. Or you, you play a game and, and the, the way that the game, that particular game goes, you just had to kind of play to your strengths the whole game and you didn't really get your weaknesses exposed and you wind up winning the game. But like you said, you're, it doesn't mean that you're you know, a balanced, well-rounded player. You just, you know, you got a game where you could, you could uh, rely on your, uh, your good points and not on your bad points. And so, yeah, you know, it, uh, it worked out for you in that particular game. Right. I just want to give give a plug. I don't know if we were live when I mentioned this before. I am on the USAPA ratings committee, and we're working on a survey to address the, those very issues that Mike is talking about. And this is the opportunity for you to give input. There are open-ended questions so that you can actually say, here are areas of concern or here are areas where we think where you can improve, give your input. I encourage everyone to look at that survey and to please respond. Um, the, the ratings committee is working very hard at a, addressing that, that specific issue uh, through this survey as a tool. And the other thing is I have a PhD in education and I have experience in qualitative, quantitative research. And there's a term that we use called triangulation of data. And that means you reach your conclusion from at least three different data points. So, for example, Mike, you're talking about changing a person's rating based on their one time, one tournament. Um, I would say um, triangulation says, well, let's look um, let's look at how they practice. Let's look at multiple tournaments. Let's talk to multiple people who have seen them. And um, up here in Maine, if I have a player in question, I pull data from the local ambassadors who have a lot of experience with all of their players. Um, I look at their tournament record. I go and I look at players too. So there's at least three data points on each player to base a rating on. That's the ideal situation. That's what I'd, I'd like to see happen. Mm -hmm. I agree 100%. And leveraging the ambassadors locally will definitely be a key part of this because what we see with our tournaments is the tournament, tournament directors are often ambassadors of their area. So I will often reach out to AJ out in Bend or I'll reach out to Mike Wolf up in Vancouver area to make sure that everyone is on the same page with has this person changed in the last year? Or are they still in this 4035? You know, that's such a big bracket nowadays in every tournament. It's often hard to figure out how many or who should be in which bucket. Mm -hmm. Now, what, uh, let's say if somebody, uh, Somebody made you, Mike, king of the pickleball world, and 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 you, Linda, queen of the pickleball world. Uh, you know, uh, and you could you could uh, enact any kind of rule change or make any kind of change at all, and and nobody could question it. It was just that way going forward. Is there anything that uh, any little thing that you would like to change that you think would be an improvement to the game, at least uh, the way you see it? Mm -hmm. Mike, you go first. <laughs> well, for me, it's honestly the pickleball itself. There's been such a growth and great technology improvements in the paddles in the last three, four, five years. Mm -hmm. It's really disappointing to see the balls and the lack of, I guess, improvement or change. So I would really 
love to see an improvement in the ball. To me, there's such a big difference between your indoor jugs ball and your outdoor Dura ball that we've had some discussion up here lately about, well, what is the right solution? So if I had that choice and I could fix something, mm -hmm. I would fix the ball question because that is one of those where the Dura ball does really change with the, how hot it is, whether you're in Arizona or playing up here in the fall when it's 50 degrees, it's something that's dramatically different. So I'd love to have some technology figure out a better ball. And a more uniform ball going indoor and outdoor to where it feels the same? Much like tennis, right? It's the same ball, essentially. Right. That's, you know, that's what I'm looking for. You know the rule the in the in the tournament book, you can play with indoor or outdoor balls. So you can play outdoors with indoor balls. You know that rule? Yes. And what we do up here, obviously, with our indoor tournaments, we generally use jugs balls. Outdoor tournaments, we use Dura balls. But we see whenever we get closer to nationals, that focus of shifting more towards the Dura balls to get ready for the national tournament. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's, that's part of the challenge is flipping from indoor to outdoor. For myself, as that average 4-0 player, is more of a challenge than someone who is on the national stage that can flip-flop easily. I was surprised uh, when I first started playing, it was nothing but outdoor. And then when I, when I started playing indoors, I got used to the indoor ball. And then when it, when it warmed back up and I started playing outdoor, again, I couldn't believe it. It was like you're playing with croquet balls sometimes. They, they felt so heavy, especially after it rained and, and you know there was moisture on the, on the ground and the ball absorbed some of that. And uh, couldn't believe how much of a difference that it made. So there really is a drastic difference between the indoor and the outdoor balls, at least for me at my level like you said yeah you know what um i just returned from florida wonderful time in florida and they're starting not the villages i, I played at the villages but the florida keys they're starting to use indoor balls on outdoor courts so i started up here in portland maine using indoor balls on the outdoor courts i use the pickleball now the green indoor ball outdoors and they're livelier than the jugs white indoor balls which are very soft mm -hmm. people are loving that ball and their green is very visible more visible than the lime green um i think that's jugs but those are indoor balls that we're playing outdoors now on a windy day we will switch back to that harder heavier ball mm -hmm. with smaller holes but we are loving playing with that pickleball now green ball outdoors on our it's just and it's got a consistent bounce the holes are very consistent the seams are very smooth so there's a consistent trajectory and bounce from that ball and it's livelier you may have to, because of the cold, Linda, I know here in North Carolina at uh, at Conesty Falls in Brevard, a very, very active pickleball community. And when they, when the temperature is, I believe it's 48 degrees or lower, they have to play with the indoor balls on the outdoor court just because the, uh, the Dura balls will crack yeah, exactly. at that temperature. Yeah. yeah. I was excited to hear this, Linda, because we're actually, as the Oregon State Games Board of Commissioners, we're actually discussing trying out those pickleball now balls in our different areas of town so that we can decide to make that switch from a jugs ball to a pickleball now ball. We're actually talking about getting some into the hands of the players, getting some real feedback and testing it over the next couple weeks before we make our final purchase for the next event. 
Yep, you should. Um, yeah, you should talk to um, talk to them because they're very open to sending sending you samples if you are interested in doing a tournament. Um, you know, having you try them out. I'll confess to you, Linda. I have a direct pipeline with Steve Peronto and Randy Randy Bither, both national champions, both living in the Portland area, and both pickleball now representatives. So Perfect. we we get a little little bit. So it's great to have some. Portland, Maine support on that as well. Mm-hmm. Well, we will see what the rating committee comes up with. And uh, Mike, Linda, I want to thank you both, not just for today's episode, but you guys have been terrific guests uh, in the weeks prior, and we really do appreciate it. Hope you'll consider joining us again here on the Pickleball Show. Love it. Absolutely. That's Mike Hoxie, president of the Columbia River Pickleball Club in Portland, Oregon, and Linda Einsiedler from Portland, Maine, the ambassador up there. Thank you again, folks. Thanks, Chris. Pickle on. So what are your thoughts on the rating system? Agree? Disagree? Also, what if somebody anointed you king or queen of the pickleball world for the day? What kind of changes would you make? Is there one thing that you would do? We'd like to do a show on that in the future entitled, If I Could Change One Thing. So complete that thought for me and email it over, mail at pickleballshow.com. That's mail at pickleballshow.com. If I could change one thing about pickleball, it would be this. We look forward to hearing from you. Until then, you can find us on Twitter at Pickleball Show, Facebook.com slash Pickleball Show. But don't forget about the good old website, PickleballShow.com. I'm Chris Allen. This is the Pickleball Show. And until next week, keep them low. The Pickleball Show is brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free.